And this is Earth Riot Radio, and I'm Reverend Billy with the Church of Stop Shopping. Hey, welcome. Good to feel your presence here this week for the Earth Church service. Got some empty chairs right over here. Sit down. Amen. Let's dance. Stand up. Let's dance in the aisles of the church. Why? Because we got to slither our way into, swim and dig and climb and fly our way into reality. That's right. In 2022, you know, we're all saying Happy New Year to each other. The most important thing is to get real. And that's something we have to do on purpose, helping each other disencrypt this zombie consumer language that flies around. We seem to, in the way that we're saying Happy New Year to each other, we seem to be trying to get back to an advertising life just as quickly as possible. That's not the answer. The earth is the answer. Now, how's the earth presenting herself? Well, <laughs> it's an apocalypse. It's a tumultuous uprising. It is an earth riot. We have the wildfires and the heat waves and the virus and the storms and the floods. And, and we have, we have we just glimpsing the media, turning the corporate media on for just a moment. And it's like a pratfalling comedy of death. People sliding off the highways, people flying into buildings, people ducking into hotels, trying to stay away from the virus, but they can't. I mean, the human race right now is, is, is caught in the, in the illogic of an absurd, violent system. And we're going to find a secret passageway out of that. Are you with me? It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be hard work. Let's do it. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs>
uh, musical numbers that celebrate the idea of being free, of being, of being not fundamentalistic, am I right? Not consumer zombieistic, <laughs> not having a stupid happy new year, but rather one that is biodiverse. Surprised by that word? Well, it's usually used in describing the Earth's happiness when an ecosystem is really working. And it's, it's what we're working for as Earth activists. But you can also use it applying to the human culture. What is human biodiversity? An ecosystem that works in, in humanity would be a healthy neighborhood where we share skills and, and we share stories and we are living together and we're very, very different, many different kinds of human beings in a healthy neighborhood celebrating that difference. And then the, the, the next step is, well, if we are healthy in our biodiversity here on the human side, we are better able to recognize biodiversity in the natural world and that's what we need to do to protect, to, to encourage that biodiversity. It's a possibility. We might survive into this new year. <laughs> Are you with me? All right, here we go. Dr. E.O. Wilson is the great defender and teacher of biodiversity. He's just passed on. He's a new spirit among us. Listen to this teaching from Dr. Wilson. Biodiversity, uh, we introduced the word in 1988, means uh, the totality of variation that you find, you know, genetic variation in organisms, whether it's just right around where we're seated here, and there is a biodiversity here, whether it's of Yosemite to Park, California or the world. Many people are surprised to learn how much biodiversity there is on Earth. There's a huge amount. They then are somewhat more surprised to learn how fast it's disappearing. So fast, being wiped out by human action, that as little as one half of the species may be alive and in healthy condition by the end of this century. And then they become even more surprised uh, to learn some of the things that it matters, why it matters for them. If we start cutting down, even in just the most selfish human terms, we will suffer because we're stripping away that part of the environment, the living environment that gives us stability. These are the creatures that turn the soil for us, that fertilize it. These are the creatures that clean our water. They're the creatures that pollinate the flowers of many of our crop species. Uh, these are the creatures in totality that give us the very air we breathe. Just from that alone, we need to save all the biodiversity that we possibly can. Uh, Rachel Carson came along at a, um, a moment of crisis. The crisis that uh, existed in the United States at, at that time that most people were talking about was there were two. One was the Cold War. And, you know, it was how how to continue the balance of nuclear power to keep war breaking out with the Soviet Union. But it was also, uh, and uh, it was also racial in that we were just on the cusp of the, of the civil rights movement, a great movement. 
and that's what was on people's minds. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. But there was another crisis that people didn't know about, and that was that we were poisoning the environment with chemicals. Her uh, purpose was to say, hold up. Uh, we've gone so far that we're beginning to destroy nature. And of course she focused on birds because people will pay attention to birds. But the problem extended virtually to all the rest of life, including human beings, because it was about then we began to understand that some of these things that we, we were taking into our food and our water could cause uh, disease for us, could kill us. The legacy is that she shook America awake about uh, an environmental crisis at a time when Americans didn't even know what an environmental crisis would consist of. It uh, was the beginning of uh, really the modern environmental movement because it was science-based. She was a trained scientist. When that was put across and people were more open to um, learning about uh, environmental crises. Americans never loved to think and worry about an environmental problem, but at least they were more open to it. Now I think we do have a growing environmental ethic in the United States. It has a long way to go, especially with respect to the living environment, to biodiversity, and the killing off of species and ecosystem. Americans don't seem much aware of that yet, but they're getting there. The world is beginning to wake up as a whole. I'm uh, pleased that I had some association with her, and uh, I became more of a conservationist myself within a few years. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Two factors that play a key role in climate change, increased climate warming and elevated ozone levels, appear to have detrimental effects on soybean plant roots, their relationship with symbiotic microorganisms in the soil, and the way the plants sequester carbon. This research shows few changes to the plant shoots above ground, but some distressing results underground, including an increased inability to hold carbon that instead gets released into the atmosphere as a greenhouse gas. The wreckage of the container ship Express Pearl continues to threaten coastal waters in Sri Lanka. The Express Pearl was carrying 1,486 containers and burned for two weeks. It then sunk in early June, causing one of Sri Lanka's greatest environmental disasters. Toxins released from the ship have killed 176 turtles, 20 dolphins, and four whales. Local communities entirely dependent on fishing for their livelihoods have been ordered not to fish. Now the environment faces the threat of an oil spill, which authorities with international assistance are desperately trying to contain. Firearm purchases and firearm violence surged dramatically during the first five months of the COVID-19 pandemic. From March through July 2020, an estimated 4.3 million more background checks for firearm purchases occurred nationwide than would have ordinarily, an 85% increase. The total number of firearm purchases during this period was 9.3 million. 
From April through July 2020, there was a 27% increase in interpersonal firearm injuries, which includes firearm homicides or non-fatal firearm assault injuries. This is approximately 4,075 more injuries than would be expected for the period. Firearm violence is a significant public health problem in the United States. It is among America's leading causes of death and disability and has profound adverse social, psychological, and economic effects. The authors of this study found that states where firearm purchases went up the most showed the largest increases in firearm injuries from domestic violence. While humans and other animals continue to grapple with COVID-19, a new epidemic seems to have hit multiple bird species in North America. Across the United States, people have been finding dead birds. The birds appear to have been hit by a wave of mysterious illnesses since April. Ornithologists say the dead or alien aviators tend to have swollen eyes, as well as neurological issues that seem to be causing the birds to lose balance. They now think that multiple bird species have been contracting an odd illness for two months, and the illness has spread across the Midwest regions of the U.S. and into the state of Indiana. The United States Geological Survey published a report on the mysterious bird deaths in early June. Details remain hazy, but experts are trying to trace the epidemic back to its origins. Some think it could be associated with brood X cicada population. Others suspect an emerging virus. The numbers of sick birds have fallen in the past two weeks, but scientists urge people not to engage or feed the birds until more is known. And now, the sounds of extinction. The Kawaio bird. The Kawaio is included in the extinct genus of the O'O's, the Moho, within the extinct family Mohedai from the islands of Hawaii. It was previously regarded as a member of the Australo-Pacific honey eaters. The bird was endemic to the island of Kauai. It was the last surviving member of the Mohadai, which had originated over 15 to 20 million years prior during the Miocene, with the Kauai's extinction marking the only extinction of an entire avian family in modern times. The bird was among the smallest of the Hawaiian O'O's, if not the smallest, at just 7.9 inches in length. The head, wings, and tail were black. The rest of the upper parts were slaty brown. The throat and breast was black with white barring, and the central tail feathers were long. And there was a small tuft of gray feathers under the base of the wing. It was the only O'O known to have eyes with yellow irises. Like other honey-eaters, it had a sharp, slightly curved bill for sampling nectar. Its favored nectar sources were Lobelia species and the Ohia lihau tree. This species was additionally observed foraging in Lapa Lapa trees. It also ate small invertebrates and fruit. The bird was a cavity nester in the thickly forested canyons of Kauai. The species may have become extinct from a large range of problems, Polynesian rats, pigs, and mosquito-transmitted diseases. The final blow was two hurricanes coming within 10 years of each other. They destroyed many of the old trees with cavities and prohibited tree growth when the second hurricane arrived, causing the species to disappear. The bird was last sighted in 1985. And here, the sounds of the Kawaio bird.
I was in the car with Savitri. Savitri and Billy driving across South Dakota for days, destinationless. Miles and miles of corporate farming, GMO corn, soybeans. And we kept going, we came out to Sioux country, all of a sudden there weren't any fences anymore. And we gravitated down toward what is known as the Badlands. We paid some money, I think it was 12 bucks or something, to go into the Badlands, a 37 mile drive in your car on the edge of white and pink and purple and black striated rock, very beautiful. A little on the order of the Grand Canyon, coming right out of the prairie. We drove for a while. We had both been there before, years before, when we were much younger. Something about the whole thing was uh, not quite making it for us this time. And we pulled into this scenic, I think they called it a viewing point. I think they were called viewing points. Little parking lots on the edge of the promontory that juts out over the panoramic rock the Badlands, and we never talked about it, but we just sort of stepped over the fence and sort of walking into the scenic view, and just ingested some kind of, inhaled some sort of breath of bravery or something, we had to know that I mean, there were signs and everything. You can't leave the little cul-de-sac. <laughs> we walked down, down, down into the scenic view. We pierced the scenic view. We committed the crime of becoming people inside other people's scenic view. They're not supposed to have any people over there. We kept walking, not talking, walking farther and farther. And then we sort of walked through a, a sort of crease in the beautiful layered rocks. I went up into the sky like a city block up. We walked in this little narrow canyon. Came out behind the scenic view. And there was a beautiful meadow there. A kind of, uh, would you call it a swale? What's a swale? Have I heard that word somewhere? Uh, there might have been a little stream there. I don't think I saw the stream, but it 
It's a little bit like, like a, a valley. We walked into this meadow of all these native long grasses. It's different. We still weren't not talking. I mean, we held hands now and again. Mostly we just kept walking. sounds of the wind in the grass, the wind whistling through the rocks, and then finally we sat down. We lay on our sides and then waited, waited for a long time. land around us began to change. There were heads surfacing in the grasses, looking at us. Animals of different kinds. Antelope. at the eyes and we were there long enough to feel that this place was alive with eyes ears and senses so many beings we were watching each other was the place was being with itself so many eyes now it's new year's eve 2021 going into 2022 and that last year was a fatal year wasn't it capped by the climate conference, COP26 in Glasgow, and the great hope we felt when most of the conference walked out. The young people from faraway island nations and mountain cultures, the matriarchs, the super-educated next generation of the United Nations, hundreds of them parading out of the talks, disgusted with the negotiations, leaving the 20 companies who spew 40% of the CO2 into the atmosphere stranded there, suits alone at the table, in their no-access building, playing poker. <laughs> and in my memory this morning, I feel Savitri and I turning slowly in the vortex of wild eyes beyond the scenic view in the Badlands. And the memory is so powerful that it is alive and alive in the present moment. And it becomes this New Year's Eve. It becomes this morning of this New Year's Eve. It's, it's 
pure evolution. That was the gift of those animals. They gave us the escape velocity from the monoculture. We felt that. And that is the start of the year 2022. This year uh, that has no choice but to be radical. Zombie consumers will resurrect in mid-jaywalk, lift their heads frantically at the last possible moment, the moment of 2022, when we must be jolted by life. 50,000 people walk unhurried to the pipeline to dismantle it with our bare hands. And in the eyes of the Badlands animals, the wild eyes beyond the scenic view, the radical new year begins as evolution seeks us out to arrange for radical change. What is the gift in the animals' eyes? And what can we give back to the animals? The ancient gaze of the prairie dogs and the pronghorn antelope and the rattlesnake. The gift of this most radical new year. And that concludes today's Earth Church. This is Reverend Billy on behalf of the Church of Stop Shopping for Earth Riot Radio. Earthalooya! Yeah.